0: Hi everyone! Welcome to Sex Queens. I'm Jules. And I'm Maggie.
1: Keeping you on top, so you stay hot. Whoop whoop. Okay, you ready? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You want to start us off?
0: No, you're always the starter.
1: Fine. I just thought like, you might you want to branch out.
0: Can't change that like dynamic. I don't know why. I just feel like people like consistency. It's,
1: it's because I have better stage presence, obviously. Well,
0: I know how to talk, It just that's just how it's been. Do you? Clearly I do.
1: <sighs> okay. Hey Loyal Royals, it is naked news time. It's been a while since we've brought you one of these segments, but we are here and we are Ready to give you all of the breaking news in sex and the world. <laughs> I don't know if it's breaking news, but it's definitely relevant. I'll sex say that. And the world. Very um, very dramatic. Yes, you know, I feel like we should have one of those like little breaking you know, news. news tones where it's like doo do 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 do. I feel like we should do that. But thoughts for next time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like it's usually not that dire. But it is stuff that goes on that happens, like, whenever there's, like, sex-related stories that I see that are coming up that are going viral and stuff like that. I feel like it's relevant to share um, when it is more publicized in the regular medium.
1: Yes. So, Aggie, what do you have for us this week? I have
0: um, a f- funny story and then another, maybe another one. We'll see how we do on time. Oh, a 2 Maybe so. The but the other one we'll see a little later. So the thing that's been going on lately, which I think is kind of funny, because this used to be. I feel like when we first went into quarantine, et cetera, this was one of the things that was sent around as like a joke or a gag or whatever on like people to one another. But now it happens. So earlier this week, Monday, there was a writer and CNN analyst Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> That was suspended from the New Yorker because he was caught masturbating while on a Zoom call um, that was what? taking place. In- yes, but like happened in real life. I actually like how this article plays out. So anyway, so he's a he's a CNN legal analyst and he got suspended because um, he was caught masturbating while he was in between calls in between staffers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And there was a lot of uh, pretty big people on the call, supposedly, or according oh to...
1: Oh, my God. Uh,
0: so I think that there was, like, a pause or a break or something like that. Or I don't know if it was, like, what the deal was. But then he was, like, taking a break. And basically, um, he had made he pointed the camera to his penis and joined another call, like, a separate... Wait, he call. pointed the camera to his dick? Yeah, because I think that he was doing... Uh, from the way that this reads, it sounds like he was doing, like, a sex sting with somebody. Like, you know, like a call. Um... Wow! And then, like, uh, keep up, keep track of your tabs. Jesus, <laughs> he was not keeping track of his tags. And then the masturbated, you know, and did the whole the whole thing. <laughs> I like how these people call it <laughs> in the article. They said cranked it real good and allegedly making mayonnaise, which I think these are the <laughs> most <laughs> the oh, worst oh. terms we could put for something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm never eating mayonnaise. <laughs> um, so it's pretty. Like for a mini scandal they're saying it's like pretty tremendous because it has everything you'd really need. A high profile person, a penis, a zoom nightmare coming to life. That's <laughs> um, absurd. And all that. But the interesting I liked this article take on it about saying that um this person is like it's kinda of bizarre that bizarre that we haven't read a lot of stories like this through quarantine before. Um which I think is kind of true. I'm surprised that it's like seven, eight months in is when like a story like this is coming out because I feel like people with <laughs> their computers are pretty mindless or like how you kind of how you say like that, like not paying attention to tabs, thinking that their cameras are off, things like that. i well, kind I'm of sure it's happened. It's just
1: not this high profile of a person.
0: Probably. I was going to say that I, I like the articles take on thinking about how often this happens in regular life. Um, or just like in general to people, because I feel like it's probably a more common haha, whoopsie than talked about. Um, and I like that originally, like I remember back when quarantine first started, one of the joke that vid- I don't remember what time frame it was, but there was a joke video that kept was popular and was being sent around about exactly that, about this guy being in the video and him starting to like take off his pants and his coworkers were all like freaking out on him and being like, no, don't and um, like, like trying, to, trying to get his attention and he was like taking out like a lotion and like setting it up and um, somebody like had to call him or something like that whatever but it was funny because it was like a gag but I'm like this is totally with us becoming all virtual like this is so much more likely to happen because we're one not paying attention two I think it's an interesting take this article talks about how like our sense of professionalism has really kind of decline through this because I mean, we're sitting at home, we only have to look decent from like the chest up for most of these phone calls. Everybody's sitting in their PJs or no pants. Everybody's snacking whenever like, like the around like, for the most part, like kind of how we even talked about earlier, it's like, you don't really have to get ready. People aren't really wearing makeup. Like it's rare to really get ready for this because everybody's kind of adopted this chillaxed But because you're at home and it's like an interesting take that the article takes. It's like, are you working at home or is it feel like you're working in your office and like living in it? Like it's like we're all kind of living in our office now since we get to be all cozy in the comforts of home, but we're also at work. So I think it brings up a really good point about being like, well, people are way more likely to masturbate during the day or take a break to do something like that now because we can like you can take a break and masturbate or go have sex for like a short time and come back to work, especially when things are more stressful and things like that. I feel like it's probably, I'd, like, I'd be interested in my research brain, not that people would answer this. I'd be curious to know how often or how many people are doing this in a day. Ever since switching over to this, because again, it's an option. Like it's like you well, it really play.
1: brings afternoon delight to new levels. You know, it does
0: because you can have sex now during work hours, and you can masturbate. You can take a time out and be like, "That's my self care," which in a way is kind of cool, um, but in a way also funny for these types of scenarios because you still have to remember when you're actually working. Like, let's say your camera is turned on, or your work computer is turned on, or your volume is on. Like, if you're doing something like that. I think that it's cool that now it's an option, but I think it's also a reminder of us of how to um, be more careful about it. it kind a, of
1: couple, a couple of pro tips that I'm just thinking of off the top of my head, because this is the first time I'm hearing about this article. So this is like absurd. But one, get one, if your work computer and your personal computer, like where you watch porn, <laughs> what you masturbate to, what you have sexy Skype calls with, if that computer is the same computer, you need one of those little cover slide thingies over your camera. Like if you watch porn on your work computer, which you shouldn't do, but not everyone can have two computers. That's totally understandable. There's this little like slidey plastic thing that can go over your camera that you can just flip over when you're not on a call. And I use it all the time because like you said, ain't nobody wearing pants these days. Like, Come on, get real. So, like, as soon as I'm done on a video call, I slide it over just to make sure. Even if I quit out of everything, like, that's kind of my paranoia. But, um... I mean, either way, it does feel a
0: little... The camera thing does feel a little uncomfortable sometimes. Because those thoughts do yeah. sometimes up. So you're
1: like, are, are you watching me at other times? And not or again. Well like, if you have a phone. Like, use your phone for that. And use your, you know, like, I don't know. Just try to avoid using the same... That just is crazy to me that, like, he was on a work call. I'm glad that it doesn't sound like he was being malicious or, like, purposeful. Like, it doesn't sound like he meant to do that, so. Not like that. No, it just sounds like
0: he was, like, I'm going to take a break least, and I'm but... going to, like, have this virtual sex with myself and whoever else. Like, whether it was, like, a video or, like, whatever. But, like, no, it doesn't sound like it was malicious. It just sounds like he was, like, I'm taking my break.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't during a smoke break. <laughs> My stroke break.
0: Ayo. <laughs> like I said, it's like a treat. It's a treat you can now do at home. Just maybe walk yeah. away from your technological devices that you use for work while you're doing
1: it. could always walk away yeah. from another room, you know. Like I said, most of us have smartphones. I'm sure a CNN reporter would have a smartphone. I'm sure true. You know. <laughs> Or, again, just walk away, like, you know, maybe reboot the computer. I don't know. There's, like, a good amount of options of
0: precautions to take to not be on the same computer in the same tabs at the
1: same time. Wow. So what happened? He got fired? Yeah, it sounds like he got, like, laid off or, or, you know. Yikes how do you get another job after Hard. that? Like I know, right? Like now it's like his name is known when you see that. On he's like, well, I don't join video calls. I'll just turn my video off and only be on the microphone. But then also what do you think about it on the flip
0: side? It's again, it's something I do think it's interesting that that's our reaction because it's something i mean, you're not supposed to be doing during work, but like that is something that we naturally do. Like masturbation is a big part of people's day-to-day lives. So it is interesting that it's going to be slapped over with this shame label.
1: For yeah, me. I do think, though, like, I don't know, because I think there's kind of a weird fine line here. Like, I hear what you're saying, but also, if you're during work, if you take that risk, yeah, you definitely. have to be careful about, like, t- like, taking any risk, like having a drink at lunch. You know, right. like you can have a martini during the workday, don't have four you know, th- that kind of thing where it's like you can maybe do those things and people probably do them all the time, yeah. especially now. But your right. boundaries of the fact that it is from home, because it's like trying to still treat work like
0: work. Because, again, when you're at work, even though I'm sure people have plenty of times masturbated at work and on premises, technically when you are in those kind finds, you are feeling way more deterred from doing it and are likely not going to do it. Just the same goes as like hooking up at a workplace. Usually, you know that it's frowned upon, so you are not going to do it. But now, I wonder more, what of like say, those rules yourself. That it's like, well, if it's during work hours, maybe I am not doing that at that time.
1: Or yeah hey, it kind of relates to our scheduling sex thing. (laughs) Schedule (laughs) it when you're not working.
0: (laughs) Like it's like work hours are still work hours, even though now, again, you could kind of do, that's kind of like what the article is alluding to is that it's an interesting time because those lines are so blurred. And we, I feel like we are all just kind of thrust into it. So nobody was really used to the guidelines to begin with. Like, even though some of those guidelines are like common sense guidelines, it makes it way too easy and tempting since you're at home and we're just kind of put there and weren't ready to be at home. Um, that I think ends up for being this interesting scenario of like this decline and kind of like professionalism that's happening. I like, seems like, you know, kind of all across the board just because we're in this scenario. And I think a lot of people were not ready or equipped to work from home and then we're just from home. And now it's like eight months later and you've developed your own bad habits because no one has told you
1: not to. (laughs) Right. Then, you know, there's dudes out there ruining it for everybody right now, now everyone's going to be or, or, yeah, helping,
0: or helping I don't know either way It might be might increase that paranoia and be like oh I'm not doing that
1: that's really funny that's a good headline uh story you're welcome mine is not as funny but it definitely is is a newsworthy thing well, about sex. say yours and then maybe I'll wrap up with my little tidbit it's not a real
0: it's not like a big one but it's another entertainment okay. one
1: okay Mine is about how in the past five years, couples have increased the amount of times they talk about politics weekly. And also, interestingly enough, that has the, had the inverse, uh, inverse relationship, I guess, with couples having sex. So couples that live together are having sex less and talking politics more. Now, this article gets into whether that is related or whether that is just coincidental. Um, But I thought it was interesting because in 2020, it has changed pretty drastically from like 2015. So for example, one, like the top thing that couples all say is the most that they spend their time doing is doing nice things for one another, which I was kind of like, oh, that's nice. I needed that in 2020. Some good news. But in terms of having sex, in 2015, 59% of couples said that they have sex weekly. And then just five years later in this year, 2020 uh, 49%. So that's a 10 percentage difference. And then conversely, if we're talking about um, people that talk about politics or social, social issues in 2015, 61% of couples talked about social issues. And then in 2020 73%. So that's a 12% increase. So Uh, this, this article in particular that I found goes into the different nuances of whether they're related, whether they're not, what that means. And so they were saying like, one, uh, some of these numbers that are in 2020, um, are a result of just 2020, like all the crazy stuff going on, quarantine, election, all of the social and political movements going on right now in real time. You know, it's a very, very high energy. Um, a lot of things going on in the world right now. And so in a lot of homes and and just between couples, you know, you might have two people in the household that one person's been Democrat and one person's been Republican. But that's never really been an issue until 2020. And now it's a huge, you know, clashing issue and something they talk about all the time. So there's all these different variables that might be affecting uh, whether couples are having sex. But essentially what it concludes is that politics while it's not necessarily causing the decrease in sex, it can definitely be a big um, contributor because like, I mean, I think I can speak for a lot of people listening right now. Politics are a very polarizing issue right now, not just online, like on Facebook, you can see it, but in conversations with your friends, with your family, I know people that have cut off family members during this time because of political conversations. So, you know, it is a very, a very tense time. So if you're, partner is somebody that you're having these conversations with generally the feelings. And like, if you want to get down to the science of it, the neurotransmitters that are released during these conversations and just the emotions associated with them that are often like, you know, it could be anger or um, high excitement or stress or sad feelings or anything like that is not something that typically leads to sex or arousal. So In that way, it can have this, like, negative effect on everything. Now, like I said, there's a bunch of other third-party variables. People are stuck together for too long. Kids are all at home all the time now because a lot of schools are closed. Like, there's a bunch of different variables that can also contribute to the lack of sex. So that was what they had to say about, like, 2020 and why we might see a decrease in there. However, interestingly enough, that... so So they took the numbers from 2015 and compared them to 2020. But then they said, okay, how much of this is um, situational, you know, like this is 2020 and we're talking about this and how much of it is, um, you know, kind of a trend, like from 2015 to a steady either increase or decrease. And both of them actually are a steady trend. So, um, for example, it's not like in 2015 through 2019, you know, 49% or yeah, 59% of couples had sex. And then in 2020, it dropped 10. Um, it's actually been steadily decreasing over the past five years. So 2015, it was 59%, 2016, 55, 2018, 50, and so on and so on. So I found that to be interesting, because then it kind of, it, it sort of refutes the theory that 2020 is this situational, oh, we'll bounce back type thing, because no, there's something bigger at play here. Um, There might be more cultural things that are coming into play or social structures and things like that. Um, And then same with politics where the increase in political conversations has increased uh, steadily over the past five years, a little bit higher each year. Um, So I found that to be very interesting because we talk about 2020, like it's kind of this anomaly or it's this like lemon, but really the trends that we're seeing now aren't as polarized as maybe like the mainstream media or things like that would, would lead us to believe. Um, And, you know, this article particular takes the route of like sex and politics and how those might be related, which, you know, obviously right now we're going through an election, for example, that will be very, very much related, but just in general um, how that might, you know, how people are more plugged into politics There's Twitter now. There's things that probably weren't as popular five years ago or 10 years ago. So there's these ways of kind of stimulating these emotions on a constant basis that may be affecting the intimacy or the connection or even just the sexual arousal within people. Because across couples and singles, they're having less sex. So they're kind of saying, yeah, 2020 is crazy, but it's not 2020. This is like a trend. So. That's interesting that you're saying it's not... Like, that it's a trend
0: rather than, like... things. interesting that people are trying to catastrophize 2020. Like, even though it is outside of the norm, it's just, like, a progression of how the things have naturally been going. And it's just amplifying it. Likely. Um, also, that sounds like a bummer. That politics is potentially getting in the way of sex. But, like how you said, it might be a bunch of other factors as well. And ironically, that goes back into the idea of what we just talked about, about scheduling sex. I feel like it's just a solution for a lot of these things. (laughs) Maybe it's just, maybe we're onto something with that one, that it's more um, relevant than I think.
1: Right. Yeah. So, um, and there was an interesting part in it where it said how um, some experts are saying that like not having sex at least weekly doesn't necessarily mean that it's too much on average or not enough on average, but so couples sort of have to decide what being intimate and what having a regular sex life means for them. Um, And then another thing that the article talked about that was interesting is that. So technically they look at how many times people are having sex per week, but like I mentioned, that's not necessarily an indication of like a good relationship or like an intimate relationship because you can find intimacy and connection in a bunch of different ways. So if you do find your, yourselves like arguing about politics or anything or, you know, jobs or who did the dishes or whatever it is, then you can rekindle that intimacy without having sex. Like if you're not feeling horny, don't have sex. It's going to be bad. Like, but um, you can make that connection and have intimate moments by planning a date night in or, going for a walk outside together or, you know, planning, like, even if it's watching a movie together where you turn your phones off, like planning intimate moments to make that connection where, yes, we're a sex podcast. Like we want you to have sex and feel good and have that orgasm and yeah, yeah, yeah. But s- intimacy when you're with someone in a relationship, like intimacy is just as important as sex. So although like when you're to- like when you're in the same quarters, sex can be a quick fix it's not the be all end all. And sometimes what you might be missing is that actual like intimacy of, you know, get, firing that oxytocin, making you feel like bonded to your partner. So that's something else to consider. It's like sex isn't the only way to, to increase your intimacy with someone. Right. And vice versa. And it is two separate things, which is something that we've definitely
0: talked about before too, that intimacy and sex are separate, but they do intertwine with one another. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's a good point of how to, like, even even if it's like how we talked about, even if you're setting aside the time for sex, but then you don't end up using it for sex, chances are you're going to grow your intimacy if you're spending that time together. It's basically just about that quality time aspect. And are you doing something that slows the two of you down together?
1: Exactly. She gets it. Aggie yeah. gets it. I get it. <laughs> this queen gets it, y'all. I get it. (laughs) So that's what I had. Do you think we have time to do your mining
0: really quick so we can? It's just um, this is just something interesting that I saw that I think is uh, fun on TikTok. (laughs) There's this midwife Heather Hilton that um, works in women's health, and she um, went viral on tiktok for talking about how to properly shave um pubic hair <laughs> oh which i think is fun like we've talked about this in grooming before but i think it's interesting that somebody made a video and i think that that's good because she's like oh you know i work she works in the women's health field and she's like lots of questions sometimes women come up with is what's razor burn what's not common like you know when grow when women have bumps they come in and like ask about it um so she decided what to come up with a video of what's the safest way for people to shave their um, vaginal areas and pubic hair. Um, now, I think that some of these probably would cross over to men's as well, because I thought about grooming in both ways. I'm sure that some of these tips are relevant for both, but she did it for females. And she, of course, gave a public service announcement, announcement that whether you are a person who shaves or not, it's your own personal choice and it has nothing to do with anything else. Like did some myth busters about the fact that it's like, it's not about necessarily hygiene as we've talked about before. Pupic hair is natural, but if you're choosing to remove it, this would be her recommendations of the best way to do it. Um, and the article was like, Oh, there's more steps than, um, I've ever done, which is kind of true. Um, so she (laughs) went from being like, um, Well, first, if, like, you've never shaved, she was, like, trim the area prior to shaving, which I know I've heard that before. Um, And then an important part is to um, get into a warm shower and let the warm water run on there for a while because it softens your hair. And since pubic hair is coarser, that's important. Um, She said before starting to wash with, like, basic plain soap without any perfumes or dyes to remove any dirt or bacteria that's on the skin. Then she recommends exfoliating to remove any dead skin cells and get a closer shave. Um, Can -hmm. definitely say I've never done that step. Um, But she said like, you know, using a natural body scrub for that part. And then after that um, to apply shaving cream and um, to use, short strokes in the direction of the hair growth um, and then rinse the razor in between the strokes because um, you don't want it to be clogged up. And she recommends using a men's razor because it's a sharper blade. So it minimizes the amount of time that you go over the same place. Cause if you do that, it might cause irritation. And then, also cheaper. yeah, that too. I was going to say I like men's razors too. I also like shout out to a Billy razor. It's like this is a subscription thing. I feel like the head works pretty well. Sponsor um, us. <laughs> sponsor us. I'm shouting you out and it's also cheap. <laughs> um, and then she was saying to prevent razor burn and inflammation to use witch hazel because it decreases inflammation. Um, and so but to aim for one that has less than fourteen percent of alcohol because otherwise it'll burn. And if you are having razor burn to use a hydrocortisone cream with like a moisturizing. Re- you know, as usual, but using that to help it, um, which I've heard of that before. Um, I have to say for my own personal, this my own little add-on, from um, something that I learned by a previous gynecologist a while ago, I actually like to use for aftershave coconut oil. I feel like it works well, and it also I has some anti-inflammatory aspects to it. So that's a tip for me is trying coconut oil afterwards for – razor burn and smooth skin and aftershave
1: yeah there's i feel like there's a lot of different home remedies i have heard actually my friend turned me on to this one is vitamin e lotion is supposed to be really good for your skin um and especially sensitive parts of your skin because uh specifically vitamin e lotion usually doesn't come with any fragrances or dyes so like you know Your special area isn't going to smell like a mango field, but um, for people with sensitive skin or if you want to make sure that you're staying healthy down there, it's actually best to stay away from any kind of dyes. I know like with the shaving creams and all that kind of stuff, especially this is more slanted toward females just because females are always like passion fruit, mango, flower field, like shave with this and you'll smell like Zeus came out of your butthole this morning, you know, like. All these fancy things with these dyes but actually for me like i have sensitive skin i have to stay away from that stuff and i learned that the hard way vitamin e lotion is a really good one i've used it for years it works super well also i've heard of like aloe vera after shaving but that can be tricky because i feel like sometimes that can sting if you're not if you shave too close but actually an interesting one that i've heard well two interesting ones that i've heard that i have tried and they work but they're sort of like I don't know, I feel like messy, like they're not necessarily the best for me. But if it's a low, like if you're low on resources or if you run out of your lotion or whatever it is, putting conditioner, like a cheap conditioner on your pubic hair before you shave loosens it because like you said, pubic hair is really coarse. Mm -hmm. So if you put conditioner on your pubic hair like three minutes before shaving it, it loosens it and it makes it more um, like almost malleable. To shave off. So you're not like shaving off something that's super stiff and hard because it's just much softer. So it's easier on your skin and you usually can use like less strokes to get the hair off. So that was an interesting one. And then another one that I think is really far out is uh, butter. Someone told me that butter is actually a very good, low cost way to shave if you have absolutely no. Resources. So maybe, like, I don't know if you're camping or if you're like lost in the wilderness, but you know, oh, yeah, you're lost in the wilderness, then you
0: think you need yeah. To save.
1: yeah, that sounds like hey, self care anywhere. <laughs> self care anywhere. Okay, Aggie? That also <laughs>
0: sounds like if you want to be scrumpted butter. Mmm. Mm, <laughs> yummy. <laughs> yeah,
1: bake some cookies. Bake <laughs> some cookies on that pubic oh, area. That sounds like delicious. <laughs> mm, delicious um so yeah you could use butter if you really wanted to but or, interesting to know
0: yeah um like again yeah look, like you could try all these different things that's interesting everybody I feel like has their own go-to thing because I started this coconut oil thing a long time ago and I was like oh I really like it
1: but I will say though to anyone out there male female do not dry shave <laughs> Yes, nobody dry Do it. not ever, 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 ever dry shave. You shouldn't dry shave anywhere, like armpits, arms, legs, anything, but especially your area. Do not yeah. dry shave it. It is a terrible, terrible idea. Agreed. For pretty much any experience, it's
0: guaranteed to get nicks and shaves. And I think yeah. a good takeaway, like, always is remembering to use fresh razors, blazer blades, because that really does make a difference.
1: Yes. We should do an episode, actually, on the difference in men and women's, like, sex products. That would be an interesting one to products. Yeah, that's true.
0: How they're, like, targeted to different, but a lot of the stuff can be kind of crossed over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Yeah, but I thought that that was a fun thing to think about in terms of shaving. And she was, like, she went really viral on it because... um, I think people like to hear from it. Cause uh, there's, there's usually like no tutorial about shaving your pubes
1: <laughs> or not that, not talked about very much. So I think it's. Well, and that's another thing that I think goes back to like what we almost say every episode where you need to normalize sex education in schools. Yeah, That's something where if sex education was a requirement would, in my opinion, that should be a very important lesson of how to properly care for your your area like yeah. again like I said for example I'm I'm female so I I know this applies to a lot of females like I didn't know until I specifically googled it that I'm not supposed to be putting fragrant stuff right next to my vagina yes I feel I like it's no a very common that. one like people and like all these lotions you see are fruity and yeah. fragrant and like you don't you don't reach for the non fragranced one you know so yeah that was something that I learned that like I would love to have known straight out of the bat, because like I said, I have sensitive skin and I have gone through a bunch of shit (laughs) to figure that out. And like before the times of Google, you know, I'm sure women were having constant irritations, thinking something's wrong with them when really it's just this like societal, um, cloud that, you know, they think they're just not fitting into when really it's like, no, it's just your skin and it's your body. And that's just how it works.
0: Yeah, it's just not supposed to, like, our bodies already do their own balancing. We just like to foofy it up because we like for things to smell nicer. But the body, especially in those types of areas, already produces their own things. And there's not, there's no need for fragrance or sugars or anything like that because that's what leads to the bad side effects. So I feel like that's a good PSA. And also I liked her PSA about the idea that it's like, hey, just like how we talk about everything, it's your own choice just because this is like, out there doesn't mean you have to do it but then if you do this is a safe way to do it I feel like that's kind of how sex education needs to come in a little bow right it's like this is just information that you need to know you don't have to participate in all of it any of it it's whatever you like it's like take what you like leave what you don't
1: yes but don't dry shave (laughs)
0: except for that, that would be, that's a golden rule well that's, that's the only yeah, well, golden like, rule. No, that's like one of those things that like if you do it you'll learn that you're not going to do right. it again
1: <laughs> yeah that's like the number one golden rule do not dry shave cool well that is our naked news that we have for you i feel like it's a little bit longer than usual but we hope you enjoyed it let us know if there's anything pressing in your life or if you have any shaving tips and tricks actually we would love to hear from that i feel like Once we release this episode, I'm going to actually post on our Twitter and see what your guys' tips are because I would be curious to know. Um, Also, health, like with shaving, your pubic area in men and women um, can contribute a lot to your sexual health. And I feel like that should be another segment that we do as well now that I'm like brainstorming in real time. But um, that can contribute to your sex life as well. So let us know uh, about that. Let us know what you thought about the other headline segments that we talked about in this episode. Whether you yourself have had an interesting Zoom experience, uh, would love to hear about that. You can tweet us and send us a DM on Instagram at SexQueensPod. That's S E X Q U E E N S P O D. And then, as always, you can also email us at sexqueenspod at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. We love your stories, questions, comments, uh, suggestions, all of that stuff. And to wrap up, as always, we don't know why you came. But we're glad you did. See you next time.